Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus, our weekly Bible study right here on our website. Thank you for joining us today. In the midst of all the chaos and all the crisis and all of the end time events that are upon us, uh, we need to not forget to focus on some things that that are not part of the prophetic or end time event things, but something that is happening in our culture, in our society. Uh, they may be part because of the falling away from God. Yes, that's true. Uh, but also, they are part of a strategic work of the enemy targeting our children and the family unit to absorb it into this culture of secularism. Uh, Today we're seeing the marriage under attack, the family under attack, and the children in particular as the focus of trying to to bring them in to to that that the culture is embracing and taking that influence from the parents and from the home. And today I want to talk to Christians in particular about this important subject because the foundation for the family unit is the marriage between the husband and wife. I want to make a statement before we read from the book of Genesis chapter 2 on the subject, the miracle of marriage that only applies, it only applies to true, to true believers, true believers underscored, parenthetically said, Because without being a true believer, just going to church won't allow this to take place. Uh, just, Just reading the Bible won't do it in and of itself. You have to know Christ and you have to be committed to Christ. And it's your true knowledge of Him by being born again and being truly saved. And your commitment to Him that's going to determine whether this miracle and this blessing can occur. Now, there's there's two reasons that I believe I'm highly qualified to talk to you about this today. And it's not because I have a degree in sociology or psychology or, or any of those things. It's because I'm a scholar of Scripture. I've been studying the Bible as a pastor slash evangelist for almost 50 years of my life. (laughs) And the second qualifier is that I have been happily married for 60 years coming up. Our next anniversary is 60 years. If Jesus tarries and we, he allows us to, to be here together, if one of us doesn't precede the other to heaven. And I want to talk to you today from that experience of applying this Word of God, what God does to keep us together, because it's not just what we did or are doing, it's what He did as a foundation for our marriage. And by the way, we were not Christian when we got married, but, but, but when we recommitted our life to Christ, this miracle occurred. And when we gave our heart to the Lord, I recommitted when my wife found the Lord, when we committed ourselves to Him, we committed ourselves to one another. And the supernatural uh, occurred in our life. Amen. So if you want me to give you five points of how to make this work, it doesn't begin with any 
five points, ten points, chapters here and there. It starts with when we commit ourselves to Jesus Christ and commit ourselves to one another in marriage. Listen, the miracle of marriage is a genuine, supernatural work of God. And we want to talk about it. We want to read about it. Beginning in the book of Genesis, chapter 2 and verse 18. The statement I want to make is that true Christian marriage involves a supernatural work of God. It's not just a legal contract or a religious ceremony. So it's no wonder why so Many marriages fail, both secular and Christian. By the way, we're not doing any better in the Christian community uh, than the world is doing in the secular world. Uh, Marriages are failing statistically uh, at the same rate because marriage is no longer considered a sacred institution in our society. One disgruntled spouse said, and I'll show you what, this this is very serious, but (laughs) we look at marriage with tongue-in-cheek almost. One disgruntled spouse said her marriage was an end-time marriage, for there are wars and rumors of wars. A lot of truth in that statement. I've counseled many, many people who, who seem to can't possibly find a way to meet in the middle, a way to get along. There's a lot of truth in that statement. The difficulty with marriage, someone said, is that we fall in love with a personality, but we must live with a character. Many a man in love with a dimple makes the mistake of marrying the whole girl. Even Socrates muses on marriage. He says, by all means marry. If you get a good wife, you'll be very happy. If you get a bad one, You'll become a philosopher, (laughs) and that is good for any man. The war of the sexes rages on. Actually, this was written in a Chicago newspaper in in the ad section. It said, Encyclopedia set for sale. Barely used. Wife knows everything. Classified ad in a southern New Jersey weekly. Adolf, please come back home. The children miss you. The lawn hasn't been mowed in three weeks. The garden needs, and the garden needs a worm like you, your loving wife, Gretchen. (laughs) Yeah, right. And on and on it goes, Shelby Friedman exclaims. My wife says, when I get up in the morning, it reminds her of spring because the sap rises. And the husband replies to that and says, Husband to friend, my wife is two hours late. Either she's had an accident, been kidnapped, or she's shopping. Man, I hope she ain't shopping. As we look at marriage uh, with, with tongue in cheek, we'll never see marriage as God intended, as God planned it to be. God's plan for a true Christian marriage includes a miracle so profound and so perfect that many doubt its possibility and many Christians are not even looking for this work of the Holy Spirit in their their foundation when the when the vows are being made that God is not just holding them to accountability he wants to get personally involved the Holy Spirit wants to be 
personally involved that a miracle might occur, a miracle where two become one flesh. And that is exactly what Jesus quoted in the New Covenant in Mark chapter 10, verses 1 through 9, and in particular, in verse 8, And the twain shall be one flesh, so they are no more twain but one flesh. Wherefore, listen, underscore this, what God hath joined together. Let not man put asunder what God hath joined together. This joining, this union, this making the one out of one flesh out of two individuals is what God planned and purposed for a Christian marriage and a Christian home. A marriage that would weather all of the obstacles that are that are against it today. The, the, the enemy is trying to unravel the fabric of the family beginning with the husband and wife and continuing to unravel to the very children in our home and the grandchildren. Someone has wisely noted, marriages do not fail, people fail. And that's what God wants to address today. The only way to become one flesh, being two individuals, is through a spiritual union, a work of the Spirit of God, what God hath joined together. Adam did not see Eve as a separate entity, but as a part of himself. That's why he took a rib. He didn't need the rib to make the woman. He didn't need a rib to make the man. Amen. He's a creator. He created man and he created the ribs and the, and all of the bones of that soon to be body that he breathed life into. But listen, he took the bone from him that he might see her as one with himself and part of himself. And when he saw her, he, 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 by revelation, he understood that. He said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. As with that, a marriage is much more once again than a legal contract or a moral obligation, or even a biblical obligation. It was and is a miraculous union. Someone said that marriage, the marital union, is the closest relationship that can exist between two human beings because they are joined spiritually by God, legally by contract, and physically by consummation. And the mystical and miraculous nature of a Christian, true, I'm going to go back to true Christian because Christian doesn't hold the weight. And I say this with a broken heart today. I don't say it with some kind of, of I've been married almost 60 years and, 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 you know, and I can look down or condescendingly speak and pontificate to other people. No, it's by the grace of God and it's by the miracle the miracle, the supernatural that is a, supposed to occur between two true believers. But you've got to be true believers. 
And that's why the Bible says, be not unequally yoked together in their business relationships, social relationships that that includes, but primarily the closest and most important relationship that this applies to is the two people who are marrying. The believer and the unbeliever can never experience the miracle of marriage. I'm not talking about two people who go to church together, who go, you know, are members of some religious body and have some religious ceremony. I'm talking about two born again, born from above believers, committed to God and to Christ and to one another in marriage. So this mystery And this miracle cannot and will not occur under those conditions. Be not unequally yoked together the believer and the unbeliever. For what fellowship hath light with darkness? What fellowship or union or communion hath Christ with Belial? Belial, uh, uh, really talking about the devil himself. Listen, friend. This miracle can only occur when someone is committed enough to Christ to pray and seek God for someone who is equally committed to Christ. It may be hard to find, but I'm going to tell you it's worth the wait if you want your marriage to last today. The mystical and miraculous nature of a true Christian marriage is clearly seen in Scripture where Christ and the church are compared to the bride and groom at marriage. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. Let's look at this, this miracle here. Wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Doesn't mean he's divine. It doesn't mean you put him in any sense in God's place or look up to him that way. He's not divine and you know that. I'm certainly not divine. I'm de branch. <laughs> Jesus is divine. Glory be to God. It means as your service to the Lord, in your obedience to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ, here's the comparison, is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, the church is subject to Christ. So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, see, you don't lord this over. This bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh. You don't treat her like a servant. Listen. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Where did he do that? When did he do it? He established the church. He did it when he went to the cross and took our place on the cross. This is agape love. This is supernatural love. This is divine love. And you love your wife like that. And I believe that she won't have any problem, amen, uh, having you as her head. And I don't mean some dictator position. I'm talking about someone that she looks up to, respects enough, amen, that she values your opinion when final decisions are made. I'm, I, I was so honored when my wife would come to me uh, and say to me, <laughs> you're the priest of this home. You're the head of this household. You pray over this thing. Amen. And I'll agree with you. 
that's when we start seeing the supernatural part of this really, really kick in. Listen, he loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it into him, unto himself a glorious church, not having spot, nor wrinkle, nor any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Listen, here's the mystery of marriage and the mystery of our union with Christ. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave. Here's Genesis again. For this cause shall a man leave. His father and mother shall be joined to his wife. And they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery or a hidden truth. But see, it's coming out. It's coming out here in the word by the spirit. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Amen. I speak concerning Christ and the church. To understand God's plan for Christian marriage, we must follow God's parallel plan for Christ and His church. We as children and of God and Christian husbands are to love as Christ loved the church. Is this natural? Or is this supernatural? Is this what we are capable of in ourselves, or what God is able to do through us? We are to become spiritually united. This must be a supernatural joining, a work of God by and through the Holy Spirit, and an answer of prayer concerning becoming the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, bone of his bone, flesh of my... What did Adam say? This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And who are we in Christ? Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. And what kind of supper are we going to have to celebrate in heaven? The marriage supper of the Lamb. The church is alluded to as the bride of Christ, and he is the groom. Praise God. Even the holy city, the new Jerusalem, is as a bride prepared for the marriage. Praise God. The Lord's Prayer, and I'm quoting John 17, not over in Matthew. The, that's the pattern prayer for us that we commonly call the Lord's Prayer. But here's the prayer Jesus prayed for the church then and the church now and the church forever. The Lord's Prayer includes a plea for this spiritual union between us and God and us and Christ. Listen, John 17, verse 20 through 23. Here's, here's them, then, and us now. Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's you and me today. 
this word of God, this gospel of Jesus Christ that came through the apostles and disciples then and now have been believed. It's his passed on in the Bible. Listen, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word or their message, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. This is supernatural. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. We've not just been baptized in water or baptized into the church because of water baptism. We have been baptized by the Holy Spirit into one body, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to read verse 22 again. Have you got on your shouting shoes? Do you really have on your shouting shoes today? Listen. And the glory which thou hast gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, thou in me, that they be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and loved them as thou hast loved me. Praise God. How does that make you feel today? To know we have been baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. For this prayer to be answered, the very creative power of God must operate. That's why a miracle occurs in a true Christian marriage. And I'm going to tell you something. This divine agape love to love one another with the same love wherewith God has loved us takes nothing less than the work of the Holy Spirit. For the love of God, the agape divine love of God, is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And when we love like He loves, amen, we forgive like He forgives. Praise God. Listen, friend of mine, even if you don't have a Christian marriage, you come to Christ and you wait upon the Lord and you obey Him and not being unequally yoked. So there's no disagreement here. Amen. So that light and darkness will not always be in conflict. You wait until you see for sure that someone is a true believer. By the way, it's because of this miracle, some of you that realize this in your marriage, that your husband, your wife preceded you to heaven. That's why it was like tearing you in half, because it, this wasn't just your better half. This was, this was half of you. This is not about, you know, this is about a spiritual thing event. It's more than missing just a person. It's missing that one that you were made one with. And that's why the pain is so deep and it's so hard to go through that kind of loss. And only God's grace 
can take you through it, but believe me, he understands that because he's the one that instituted the true miracle of marriage. And thank God we're going to be reunited. It won't be like husband and wife in the emotional dependency or the, or the sexual need for, no, it will be beyond that. But I'm going to tell you, I believe husbands and wives will be united together in heaven because God has made us one here. I believe we're going to be one there. It's going to be different. We're going to still feel the great love for one another that we felt in our heart as the Holy Spirit was shed abroad to love like that. We're going to feel it in heaven. We're going to find it fulfilled in heaven. And nothing is ever going to tear us apart again. What God hath joined together. That needs to happen in a Christian marriage. It needs to carry over into a Christian home. How about a hearty amen from this audience today? If you're a Christian and you didn't marry understanding that, but you you redo your vows with the understanding of that, God wants this miracle to occur. And make sure you are calling your, your, your mate to love God like you love God, serve God like you serve God. So this miracle can sustain you through all of the pitfalls and all of the, of the absolute attack that is on the marriage, the home, and the children today. These supernatural works of God in our life by the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what keeps us together. This is the glue that holds us together. Praise God. Amen. I'm so glad that, that my wife has the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad she was baptized in the Holy Ghost and, and she loves me with more than what is humanly possible because there is a love the scriptures declare. It's not human love alone. There is a love. There is a love. Amen. That, that passes understanding. There is a love that covers a multitude of sins or faults. Praise God for that kind of love. Because we can't, we can't be perfect. No, we can't have a perfect partner, but we can have a perfect love for our partner. We can love them just like God loves us, but only because of our commitment to the Lordship of Jesus and our, and so the Holy Spirit can can lead us and flow to us and flow through us. Amen. Oh, friend of mine, God is a God of miracles. And one of the miracles that is overlooked, I believe even in the Christian community today, is the miracle of marriage. God wants that. If you've been separated, come back together. Amen. With an understanding of this miracle. You say, well, our marriage was too rocky. We can't make it. (laughs) What God joins together, He'll help you make it. Glory to God. If you're separated, come together again. And repeat your vows. Renew your vows with an understanding and an appreciation of the miracle that is supposed to occur. And if your love for one another is growing cold... 
<laughs> As you grow old, friend of mine, I want you to know it can be rekindled just like the first love for Jesus can be rekindled in our hearts. Praise God. And there again is the work of the Holy Spirit. Love of many is waxing cold today and people are falling away from, from the faith. All oh, but friend, that love can be rekindled when the breath of God through the Holy Spirit breathes upon those embers. Flames come alive. Praise God. Amen. And the first love is burning brightly again. I'm trusting in God breathing upon His church, His bride, His people, a fresh breath of God giving life to our faith and life to our first love. And that holy devotion that holds us close to Him, no matter, that makes us sing, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Glory to God. Amen. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. Praise God. I believe the bride is going to be seen before he takes her out of this world. The true church is going to be seen that the world may know, Jesus said, that thou hast sent me. Let them be one in us, just like I'm in you and you're in me. Praise God. Let the world see that kind of union with God and with Jesus. Let them see that kind of devotion to one another. Hallelujah. Before he takes us home, I believe the world is going to see the true church stand up before she rises up. Praise God. I'm looking for a mighty move of the Holy Ghost even in these last days. What kind of marriage do you have today? Did you as a Christian experience and understand and appreciate the miracle that it was available to occur? You may need to redo your vows with someone who understands this and calls upon God for that to occur. Friend of mine, this is powerful. This is God's plan for our eternal good and our pleasure and satisfaction and fulfillment. That's why here on earth, that's why it said, live joyfully with the wife of thy youth, not just when you're young, but with the woman you married when you were young. Amen. And I'm, I'm, I, we're getting ready to celebrate. Our next anniversary will be 60 years. And I'm in love with my wife. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting older now. She's older now. But inside, nothing has changed. The only thing changing is our bodies. And maybe we're not as patient as we used to be with things and people and circumstances and even each other. But there is a love. There is a love. And it's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen. That covers a multitude of faults. And when that is covered, we don't find reasons to fall out. We find reasons 
to stay close. Praise God. We love each other like God loves us today. So if you're a Christian today, pray and believe God if you're married. If you're a Christian considering marriage, pray and believe God for who you choose and obey Him in this very critical part of that. Be not unequally yoked together. Find a true believer. I have seen people marry and someone said they were a Christian, but after the marriage, it was it was very clear they were not a follower at all of Jesus Christ. And that's what messed up the miracle. God didn't let it fail. Marriages don't fail. People fail. God's plan between people who find it, apply it, obey it, surrender to it, never fails. Marriage can work today, even in this culture, but the world can't can't show us how. <laughs> they don't know how. Amen. Some of them make it because of human love. Christians need to make it because of divine agape love today. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God wants to bring you into a holy relationship of Himself. He can't fellowship you with our sins not being forgiven. And that is the purpose of the cross and that is the purpose of salvation today. Jesus died on the cross to reconcile us to God. The just suffered for the unjust that He might bring us to God. To bring us to God for fellowship, to make us one with Him and Himself. Praise God to take us to heaven to live with them forever and ever, age without end. Hallelujah. Come to Christ. Confess your sins. Be forgiven of those sins today. And be made one with the Father one with Christ, baptized initially by the Holy Spirit into Christ's body, not just baptized into a denomination or religious body, and then be baptized in water, representing that baptism by the Spirit. (laughs) Hallelujah. And then find a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church an anointed preacher and affiliate yourself with the body of Christ. That's the true church. This is the true relationship. And if you're married and your spouse gets saved, I would strongly suggest redoing your vows with this miracle in view actually praying for and believing for it to occur. It's God's plan. It's God's purpose to save you, to seal you with the Holy Spirit, to satisfy you, to fulfill you in life, to give you living water so you'll never thirst again, take you to heaven when it's all said and done here. In Jesus' name. 